Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Well, once again, we want to welcome you to Middle-Aged Warriors, unbelievably up to show number 30. Three zero. I barely You've gotten through all the growing pains. It's amazing. <laughs> really. <laughs> Here it is, the end of October. We're looking at Halloween coming up in a few days, election day, a couple of days after that. Don't confuse the two. I know. Because you can see how that could happen. I don't know which one's more scary, to be honest, but anyway. Good point. And as I said in last week's uh Middle Age Warriors, it's pretty funny when people have saying, what do you, you know, what, what are you going to wear for Halloween? Well, we all have to wear masks anyway. So it's kind of a moot point or a mute point. So a unique one. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things, Chris, that we like to do is uh, catch up with past guests and see how they're doing since their, their big debut on Middle Age Warriors and uh, how that may have affected or impacted their life. And one of those uh, past guests is Valerie, Valerie Smaldone, whose voice you just heard before and who is our staff announcer and our techno whiz and uh, friend of the show. We want to welcome <laughs> you again, and thank you for joining us. And when we were in last show's discussion, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about as middle-agers was transitioning. And you and Chris, I compared because you both had, have been going through a transition out of lengthy and quality careers in broadcasting that ironically both peered uh, 24 years in New York City. So Valerie, welcome back to Middle Age Warriors. Thank you. I'm, when you said we're transitioning, a lot of people think of transitioning as moving on to the great beyond, oh, leaving, leaving the planet. <laughs> so I'm, I was a little bit like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not ready to go just yet. Uh, but yes, transitioning <laughs> in career for sure. And uh, Chris has, is freshly dealing with that much more than me because mm. my daily radio job was now, I don't know, 13 years ago. That's a, a long time ago. Still people know my name from that radio station, which is unbelievable. Uh, still people all over the country because people are mobile and they, mm. they go and they know the name. And, you know, having an unusual name helps sometimes to stick out in people's <laughs> minds. And Valerie, how funny is it? Well, maybe it's not funny, but when people say, hey, I heard you on the radio last week, you know, uh, and, and they think you're still doing the same thing you had been doing for so many years. Well, I am still on the radio, not where I was, not in music right. radio, but people just hear a female voice and think it's like, oh, it's a female voice. It must be Valerie. Oh, okay, sure. I'm like, thank. And then I, I just say now, thank you. <laughs> Whatever. It's right. fine. It's fine. Anyway, uh, Valerie and Chris have both moved on and uh, not transitioning to the great beyond, but, but to middle-aged warriors anyway. See, you have transitioned to MAW. Chris, are you at liberty to talk about the new things that are on your horizon or not? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a little bit, but I may be I may be getting back at least into television in more of a freelance type of a thing. I'm also, in fact, later today shooting a, a little a project, a piece, a show that someone is trying to pitch. 
which involves the New York subway system and a particular person in the subway system. And I'll, I'll have more on that when it's done and complete and, and let you know where you can find that. But, uh, you know, like Valerie, um, several oars in the water at one time, it can get tiring. But I'm sure, Valerie, since your last appearance on Middle Age Warriors, your career has been burgeoning. So what's the latest project you're on? So I am very happy to tell you that I've actually gotten into a situation I never thought I would. You know how things sort of just fall into your lap and you don't see them coming. And for people who are not sure what tomorrow is going to bring, and sometimes it's a very dark time in people's lives. They don't know where the next paycheck is going to come from, where the next job is going to be. Will their career be over. You never know what tomorrow brings. And that's fascinating because the story continues, right? So here I'm doing this radio show for two years or so, Bagels and Broadway, which I love to do. It's an interview show with theater and food and New York lifestyle. And we've pivoted to deal with the, the pandemic. And in May, I interviewed a couple of guys who started a new company that is into audio drama, which is of interest to me as an actor and as a radio personality. And so I had them on the show to promote their business. And the next thing I know, I get an email from the one of the owners of the company saying they want to talk to me. And the conversation lasted about a month. I had very long, <laughs> long conversations about what the company is, who they are, how I could be involved. And to now we're, we're jumping to the fall and I have become executive vice president of the company. I'm a producer on a TV series that is currently, as we speak, in production. That's extremely exciting to me. And I'm doing, I mean, I could say, yes, I've always wanted to do this, but I didn't quite know how to do it on the scale that I'm doing it. Because quite honestly, I produce many things myself, but they're smaller productions, whether it's a live event or it's a TV show or it's a radio program, it's a smaller production. This is a big scale production. And I'm sorry, but before you, you talk about this particular production that we want to hear about, because it is so topical and it is, it's a monumental uh, undertaking that you and your team have taken on. Uh, but tell us overall, just a little more about the company, the initiative. The name of the company is the Audio Drama Initiative, and it was launched a little bit over a year ago by two gentlemen, one steeped in the publishing world very, very successful publisher and writer, best-selling writer, and the other, a multi-award-winning Broadway and film producer. He has had numerous Broadway productions, serious events, um, lots of films, and they joined forces to create audio drama, like the old school when people would sit around the radio and hear these great uh, productions. This is what we do. And uh, they had three or four productions that had already been out on on podcast. One was a musical. One was a story that was very heartwarming. That is sort of a holiday experience. And one, which is why they were on my program and most timely, was launched during the pandemic. They immediately were able to get writers to write dramatic essays about being in isolation. And they procured major performers to do it from their homes. They had to do it on their iPhone or if they had a setup. So they had uh, the name of the series is Closing the Distance, Dealing with the Pandemic, fictionally. It wasn't, it was not nonfiction, it was fiction. And so the uh, 
performers included Jason Alexander, Tony Danza, William Hurt, Kathleen Turner, Kelly O'Hara, many other people from Broadway. So it was a, a tremendous uh, group of performers who really wanted to perform and were stuck. They were home and they were like, yeah, give me the material, I'll do it. We, we got such tremendous response from that, that the next step was to create a video series from that. This is where I came in just around that time when they started to produce a video series, which is now in the marketplace, looking for a home to be streamed. And then this idea that I've been involved with for the last month and a half. And because of the timing of this and coronavirus, which has occupied all of our lives, well, more than it should, and as much as we need to be aware, um, this is an amazing, amazing production that you guys have undertaken. It's called COVID America, the series. And the purpose of this is to document how we are living through the COVID era as we are living it. We're documenting a time in history that is unbelievably unique. And the team set out to hit eight states, various locations within the state, and uh, to have a wide swath. Now, we couldn't go across the entire United States. We had to be very careful for COVID reasons. Uh, the team is five guys traveling in a van, going to different towns, and we have hit New York City, State College, Pennsylvania, various places in West Virginia, Nashville, Jackson, Mississippi, New Orleans, and Houston, Texas, and Beaumont, Texas. So uh, we have been in a large, large area of the United States getting stories from people, finding out, not politically, we are not interested in your politics, because that's another ball of wax. We're interested in the human stories of Americans and how they're dealing with the pandemic in this incredibly unique period of time. How exactly are you going about collecting these stories and making the choices of which ones you are highlighting? I'm curious. I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about millions of people being impacted by this in some shape or form. So where? give me an example of a couple of the story and the storylines that, that were brought forward that were interesting enough for you guys to actually follow through on? Well, that was all the pre-production that I was very heavily involved with. We did a, a social media play. We created little mini videos. Our uh, One of our producers, Monty, who's based in North Carolina, is very proficient in producing videos. We put it out on social media, on Facebook mainly. We had TikTok, we had Twitter, we had uh, Instagram, but mainly on Facebook. We did sponsored posts targeting each city and we received submissions. So whether the submission was the way we wanted it, which very few people did what we asked for, which is we want a three minute video on your iPhone. Mm. About three people did that. The rest <laughs> just wrote in the messenger box. Here's my story. Some emailed us, some wrote in the post. And I went through all of the posts. I vetted everything. I went through all the stories. I put it out on reality casting sites, help a, help a reporter out.com, Haro fabulous resource. And I got amazing stories. So I found a circus entertainer in Nashville, Tennessee, who lives for live performance. That's her life. Mm. She had a, a lot of anxiety growing up as a child, and she just threw herself into circus performing, literally, whether it was, you know, fire eating or uh, trapeze, whatever she does, and she's all dressed up in circus gear. Now she had to find her life again. And she ended up doing, for people who drive by in cars, she ended up getting such a huge TikTok presence. She's making money through TikTok. 
and her uh, her virtual online performances went crazy wild. She's got national attention, and we we found her and we documented her. That's one example. And then there's you know a, a nurse in in New Orleans who fell very ill with COVID. She was in hospital over thirty days. Her daughter is a nurse, and we got that story. What was it like to see your mother, who was a caretaker, a care worker, get so sick and uh, and still have a family and still be uh, a professional? So this, the it ran the gamut. And uh, the stories are amazing. We're so honored by the people who chose to tell us their story, who trusted us enough to do this. And now the, the real work begins because now... The editing and the narrative of this story has to be put together. We're going to have six to eight episodes. We got press in every every city. People were fascinated by it. We met amazing people along the way. I was on the phone from New York talking to everybody, feeling a little bit sad I couldn't be there. But I have to tell yeah. you, it was a grueling, grueling schedule. And being in a van with five guys traveling, <laughs> I'm not sure that would have fit, fit my lifestyle no. very well. <laughs> Were the five guys named Mo, and you would have had a show. <laughs> but so the the format uh, will be it's a series, uh, half hour, hour. How, how what's the breakdown, or has that decision even been made yet? It, it's to be determined. You know, we have so much footage to look at, so much B roll. We know the music we're going to use. We know some of the conventions we want to use. And now, will it fit? You know, sometimes you go into a production with an idea of how you want it to go, and then you look at what you have. And you have to go in a different direction. So I am a producer on the series. I am so excited to have had this opportunity. And this brings me back to my inspirational speech that I've given you and I've given to, to your partner, Edme, and to other people. That even in the darkest of times, when you think it's over, I'm never going to go back to what I love to do. You just don't know what's around the corner. You just don't know. This was so out of left field. And I think of the purpose of doing this show, aside from the fact that I've had wonderful interviews over two and a half years now with Bagels and Broadway, had I not had that show, I wouldn't have met these guys. So there's always that strategy. There's always that what's my story that's coming up that you don't even know is happening. Right. And typically the connection, the ultimate connection that is a bigger shift for your life is something that you cannot really lay out in a plan per se. The plan is keep moving forward, keep pushing, keep doing, keep living, and something will happen. But sometimes you can't design it, you know, step right. by step. By step. Right. But, the, but the other part of this is you can't stop. And you just said it right. You can't say, well, I don't know what's going to come of this. So I don't know if I'm going to make any money, or I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this. That's irrelevant. That is absolutely irrelevant. If it is in your heart to do what you love to do, do it. Like this woman, she just started doing things virtually and found an audience. She loves this so much. It's so much her life. She's so dedicated to it that it became uh, so important for her to continue. So that's my, my, my point of inspiration. Understand that you don't know what tomorrow will bring, but it doesn't mean you have to just mm -hmm. you know, curl up in a ball. You have to continue doing what you love to do. Valerie, can you talk about um, glass half empty, glass half full, and which side of the glass you have seen more of with these stories that you have heard uh, through your production team over the past month? Well, you know, I was, as I said, I was not privy to most of the interviews except in New York. We had a, our first interview. I sat in the back behind the camera and I was choked up because it was a young girl, a young woman and her father 
The father owns a restaurant, bunch of restaurants in New York. And of course, restaurants were so hard hit and still are struggling. And the young lady, his daughter, who was a Harvard uh, student, she was towards the end of her four years at Harvard when the pandemic hit, decided to come home to New York and help her father and help her his business. And she built a not-for-profit to feed frontline workers and all the underserved and homeless that need food. She created this program. It became bigger than she could have imagined. And this girl, who was months away from graduating from Harvard, stopped that career, her, her educational career, to dig in boots on the ground and work. These stories are incredible because she was able to help her father build back his business, rehire all the people they had to furlough and let go during this time, give people back their jobs. She found that to be so satisfying. That's not something you're going to ever have in a college situation. Mm -hmm. So there's hope with a lot of people. As dark as it is, people believe in America. They believe in the, in the dream of the immigrant dream of coming to America. They believe in it. And they know this is a really hard time. But I think most people believe we will get through this and we'll be better for it. And that is an incredible story of resilience from this country and from this beautiful series I'm involved with. Yeah, I'm impressed to hear that a young person, uh, this young lady that you were just talking about, you know, that generation tends to be branded as being very self-centered, uh, you know, very entitled. And the fact that she had the wherewithal and she has the heart and the soul to drop the dream and the path she was following for something that is more important at this point in time in her life. So that alone impresses me and makes me at least exhale a little bit because sometimes yeah. I do worry about this particular generation, where it's going and its ability or inability to handle scenarios like we're confronted with right now, let alone the older generation. We have our own issues, but that's a different story. But, but that's really a great story unto itself, I think, Val. It is. And it was very moving to me. And then the team went on and, and we found a, a gentleman in West Virginia. Oh my goodness, his story, his daughter, he, he sang all his life and his daughter wanted him to get on one of the, you know, the voice or America's Got Talent. And he said, well, what if I just start playing locally? And he started playing locally in West Virginia, very small town. Somehow a manager got wind of him. I don't quite know what the series was. And he was booked to travel with Earl Scruggs' son, a country artist, big country artist. And they, they had a chore going. They were going to play at the penitentiary where he was incarcerated, his father was. So he had a real bona fide professional tour. Then pandemic comes, end of story. What does he do? He still wants to play. He gets together a group of guys and they play outdoors in West Virginia and they just keep playing. And he's a veteran. You know, he's been he's been disabled by the wars he was in and he's just doing what he loves to do. So we have seen the resilience of Americans. We have seen the heartbreak. We have seen some of them had light moments. You know, we, it can all be it can all be dark. We have to ha find the, the humor and the light in all of this. And we've touched all these emotions, the full spectrum in COVID America, the series. You can go, to, by the way, to the website, covidamericatheseries.com, if you'd like to learn more. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up because we want to know how we'll be able to track this down and find it once it finally gets to uh, production and on the air, wherever it's going to be. 
Well, the best way to go is through social media, of course. Facebook is where we'll be feeding live content. And my job next is to take all of the video clips and the photos we have and the uh, interviews that we can start to put out on social media to promote the, um, the next step, the next phase of COVID America. So that's what I'll be doing next. You know, when Chris and I sat down originally to do the show, we were looking for inspirational stories of people like us, our age. And as I used the word before that you balked at a little bit, transitioning, moving from point A to point B, uh, unanticipated when you're 25 years old, but eventually if you live long enough, you are gonna get there. And you sound like you're having more fun and getting more enjoyment out of what you're doing now than all those years that you were a radio broadcaster in New York City. Well, yes, because um, this is something that is hands-on. It's like a baker, right? A baker who puts their hands in the dough and kneads the dough and adds the stuff, and it's their imprint. It's their soul in the bread. As opposed to you take a mix from Betty Crocker and you throw it in and you add the oil and you put it in the oven, it's a different story. That radio station wasn't mine. I worked for a tremendously successful company. I never take for granted the experience and the opportunity that was given to me to have millions of people hear me every day, two and a half million people every day, to be the number one rated personality in America, to have the number one selling show in terms of uh, the, the sales, to be able to interview the incredible performers and musicians I've had for years, you know, uh, Billy Joel and Paul McCartney sang to me and Cher sang to me and I danced with Rod Stewart. Those were incredible experiences. I'm never going to take that for granted. That was a wonderful part of my life. But I'm the kind of person that needs to be, as you might say, a control freak. Why is that a bad thing? Don't think it's a bad thing because I like to be- Said, so the, said the control freak. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> 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 but, you know, to, to be able to have that experience of complete immersion, this mm. is what I'm doing now. And I will never, it, they're both great experiences, just different. No, I, I think you spoke to something also, uh, this point in our lives, as we're pivoting into these types of uh, either jobs, careers, missions, whatever you would like to call them. When you're younger, the bottom line is you need to be making money. You're just trying to get your life started. You're trying to maybe own a home. Maybe you're starting a family, whatever it might be. So the monetary thing always kind of creeps in there towards the top of making a decision of what we're going to do. But I think now at this point in our lives, hopefully uh, some of us are a little free or have a little bit more of a cushion to be more genuine to ourselves and look into ourselves and say, what do I really want to do? As you pointed out, do I really want to work for some other larger company that's, you know, they'll take care of me, but I'm not really in control of the product or what I'm producing or what I'm doing. And I will say, as you pointed out before, I'm early on in this process, certainly relative to you. And that's a struggle I still have at times where I feel like, well, I, I want to do this. I'm really enjoying doing this, but I'm not making any money. So it's really not a job. It's really not functional. I still am having a problem decoupling the making money out of what I'm doing as opposed to just do something with the passion and the love you have. And either the money will come or it won't, but at least the happiness will be there. That's think, a point that I think everybody strives to get to. Yeah. I mean, if you had the question, 
question you can ask is if you were completely solvent and you have all the money you need, would you still do what, you, what you're doing? And that's an important question. That's number one. And then number two is, but you still have to make money. And now you have to find another way to utilize the skills and talents you have to make money, which is something else I did. And we may have to do a third middle-aged warriors with me on that <laughs> because that is actually something that I teach and coach. I take people and I look at their skills and figure out, distill down what we can do and what we can market so that they can make money in a field and not have to work you know, in a store or pumping gas or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but a lot of people just don't have the ability to do that. Fair enough. No, but because I've heard a lot of people at this point say, and you kind of hinted at it before, sometimes just going with your passion and who you are and your and that genuineness comes out, whether it was that circus performer or whatever the case might be, people see that, people do respond to that. And somewhere along the line, that does generate something in terms of even revenue or income. So it seems to manifest itself if it comes from a very natural, organic place. Even up in the beginning, nobody's saying you're getting paid this amount of money for doing it, maybe you're getting paid nothing for doing it for a long time, but eventually something seems to happen if it's done with passion. I, I remember, um, you know, the, I left my job during the depths of the depression, the, the recession in 2008. It just started and nobody was this interested in hiring me for radio anywhere in the country. Nobody, it, no calls came in. It was the craziest thing, such as, uh, you know, somebody, they knew who I was and they, one program director said, you know, you're, you're a legend in the business, but I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> and, and I said, well, I, I don't know what to say to that. I, I, I'm not quite sure how to respond, but thank you, <laughs> I <Yeah>. think. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I had to find a way to earn a living. And I, I did. I somehow did it. I, it's amazing to me now that I, I, I never thought I'd get through that time. It was really dark. It was tough. That's uh, a pretty good message, Chris, right? I mean, that's what you and I talk about all the time and have talked about for a long time and certainly know a lot of people who turtle and just basically put their hands over their, their eyes and, and tuck their heads back in their shell. Um, so to keep well, it, on it's, moving. It, it's often easier or it feels instinctually easier sometimes to just ignore and hide but life keeps going and you keep going. So you've got to get back in it. You've got to get back into the game. You've got to get back into life and find what, it, you know, at this point, I think middle age beyond, this is the point where you start to redefine what is the most important thing in your life. And we need to be doing something that really satisfies us and makes us feel good about who we are and hopefully even gives back to where we've come from. Overall, as we kind of closing on our finish line here for this edition of Middle Age Warriors. Valerie, it's been a really moving and motivating project to be working on. One word, if you had to describe what you've gone through in producing the documentary. The word I would use is illuminating, which is a great word because it, it means opening up and shedding light and um, inspiring. So many, so many things come from that one word, illuminating. Mm -hmm. It's illuminating to do this project for others. It's illuminating for me to know that I have joined a team that I am very pleased to be with and honored to be with and to, to do something that's meaningful. And on that note, Ari, thanks again for uh, not only enlightening us on some of the stuff that you are doing and the projects you're working on, but also acting as my uh, therapist and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the checks in the mail, as they say. But really, I think 
your words and just the way you are living right now is inspirational to uh, middle-aged men and women uh, anywhere who are listening in. So I hope uh, somebody took away a good positive nugget from some of the things you talked about today. So thanks again so much. You're very welcome. And I'm still waiting for that glass of wine from you, my friend. Oh, it's going to be more than a glass. <laughs> <laughs> thanks and good luck to you, Chris, with whatever you're up to. Thanks so much. Take care of Be well. Wow. She has some uh, some pretty good insight on life at middle age well it's been a it's been a journey for valerie yeah. as it's been a journey for a lot of us but uh her journey is a positive one and an inspirational one and i love the project she's working on now isn't that great yeah covid america the series.com look for that head over to that uh, website again covid america the series.com to find out what they're up to but one thing that has come out of all of the misery of this pandemic are some very positive stories, and that's awesome to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it's given us a lot of material to fill with. Every yeah, week. <laughs> yeah, good, good, bad, or indifferent material, but yeah, nonetheless material. But uh, one thing we do want to mention: uh, if you think you are a middle-aged warrior who has an interesting story to tell, like Valerie's, and you want to share it by being a guest on the show, just uh, drop us a note. And we have our email set up for that. It's middleagewarriors at gmail.com or middleagewarriors at yahoo.com. So uh, drop us a note there. And we'd also like to introduce a new feature called Middle Age Warriors of the Week. So if you have a warrior who you would like to nominate, we would like to hear from you as well. I like that. Warrior of the Week. Sounds very enlightening and powerful. <laughs> Let's see if we have anybody out there. How about M-A-W-O-T-W, which could be of the week or on the warpath. Oh, there you go. Now we're really, we're taking it up another notch. But again, either or, for the Warrior of the Week, you want to nominate somebody because we know there are plenty of people doing some really good work out there who are middle-aged and inspirational for all of us. Uh, again, drop us a line at middleagewarriors at gmail.com or yahoo.com. And also on our Facebook pages, uh, it's Rick Summers Steinhouse, Chris Semino, or Chris Semino Weather. But the bottom line here is we want to hear from you and have you become part of the show. If you're a middle-aged warrior out there and you know somebody or you yourself has a story that's inspirational or interesting in terms of dealing with the changes that come with being middle-aged and it's a story that uh, will enlighten some of us, we'll gladly uh, get that out here and put it out there in the form of either Warrior of the Week or you'll be a special guest on the show as well. So as we recover from Halloween and recover from the election run up. Mm. We will talk to you again relatively soon. Well, we're almost there. So probably next time we will find out who <clears throat> the new president or the old president of the United States is going to be. They're actually both They're old. They're both old presidents. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, never mind. Sunshine always. We will see you on the other side, guys. Be good. Feel good. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.